One of the great joys of being assigned to a parish with a Catholic grade school is that the associate pastor every once in a while gets to go over and assist the formation of our young people in our Catholic school, preaching to them, teaching them, beating them at basketball, losing to them at Foursquare. It's a lot of fun being able to be a shepherd of God's people in a parish that supports Catholic education. And I'd love to share with you, you know, a couple months ago, I uh, was in a class of younger students in our school, and I was, I was telling them that I have a really, really special car. I didn't make my car, but I feel like my car is really special. I'm not the source of my car's existence, I'll grant you that, but my car is really special, and I feel like my car runs on Kool-Aid. You know, gas prices are going up these days, and it'd be really nice if my car just ran on Kool-Aid. And so I think the next time that I'm going to go fill up, I'm, I'm not going to pay money for gas. I'm just going to make a whole lot of Kool-Aid and put it in my car. And brothers and sisters, from the mouths of babes, this was the reaction of that class. Don't do that, Father. That's not what that was made for. You'll break it, and it will hurt you. What wisdom? Father, don't do it. That's not what that was made for. You'll break it, and that will hurt you. Brothers and sisters, so much of our culture rests on who we believe a human person to be. And in our gospel today, we just heard Jesus tell us objectively who a human person is and what a human person was made for. Jesus is the author of all things, He is the source of the human race. It is he who creates each and every one of us. And so it would be right and just that we acknowledge the owner's manual that he just gave us in the Beatitudes today. Blessed are the poor. Blessed, happy are the meek. Happy are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice. Blessed, happy are those who are persecuted and who are insulted. And so we hear this, Jesus' plan for happiness, the owner of the human race coming to us and saying, here's the owner's manual, please take care of what you've been given. You don't own this, I do, but here's here's what it's for. It all seems upside down, doesn't it? We might hear these beatitudes and think, Jesus, don't you even like us? I mean, seriously? Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who are persecuted. This all seems upside down. This, seriously, Jesus, is the way to happiness? And brothers and sisters, if that was your honest reaction, no judgment from the priest, but if that was your honest reaction, I think that's a fair assessment of how upside down the world in which we live truly is. You know, in the early 2000s, CNN conducted a survey just randomly polling Americans, asking them what is needed for a happy life in the United States of America. And the results of this survey are very telling. You know, that CNN randomly polled Americans, and what would you guess Americans said are the ingredients of the happy life, the top 10 things that we need to be happy in America today? Well, number one, of course, was money. And shortly behind money was power. Victory, that'd be nice tomorrow, wouldn't it? Okay, that would please Jesus. Victory, being able to defeat our enemies, our opponents, winning at everything, perfect health, stunning good looks, sexual pleasure, power, being seen and noticed and liked. Brothers and sisters, 
what really hit me when I, when I came across the survey was noticing it literally was the exact opposite of the Beatitudes that we just heard in our gospel today. What modern America proposes a plan to happiness looks like and what Jesus of Nazareth proposes the plan to happiness looks like are fundamentally at odds with each other. Modern America says happiness is found through the acquiring of things. And brothers and sisters, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I think we would recognize that this is fundamentally wrong. If my existence is about the acquiring of things, I would have to recognize that, okay, things didn't create me. And actually, as I devote my life to the pursuit of things, and I often sacrifice relationship for the pursuit of having stuff, that doesn't make me happy. That doesn't bring fullness to my life. We actually see an epidemic in America of depression, of anxiety, and all sorts of disorder that have broken out in a culture that refuses to acknowledge the truth of who the human person is. And so it is crucial that we know who we are. It is absolutely necessary that we get the human person right in order for us to become who God made us to be. And an honest study of scripture would reveal to us that this is always the first thing Satan attacks. In all the way back in the Garden of Eden, the first thing he attacked were Adam and Eve's identity. Thousands of years later, when Satan comes and tempts Jesus during his time in the wilderness, Satan goes after Jesus' identity. If this is really who you are, then you'd do this. Jesus, if you really are who you say you are, then you would do these things. Satan always attacks at the level of identity first. And so thus, brothers and sisters, we have to get the human person right. And the greatest arena in society in which this matters most is education. In order for me to educate a child or any person, I first have to acknowledge who is the person that I am teaching, for what have they been made, what is the purpose of their life. And then I develop a model, a system of education that builds and and reveals the face of what I truly believe a human person to be. Secular society often educates, and we see this in a glaringly obvious way, that it's becoming very, very different from the traditional understanding of education. Secular society increasingly looks at a young child and says, okay, you were made for things. And so we're going to teach you to know stuff so that you can do stuff so that you can have stuff. Because the goal of your life is acquiring stuff. Money, power, honor, riches, stunning good looks, likes on social media. That's the purpose of your life. Brothers and sisters, how tremendously dehumanizing is that perspective for any child of God? And so we have a tremendous responsibility on our hands to defend the truth always taught by the Christian people of who a human person truly is. And if we were going to go back in history and look at the foundations of education itself, we would come to recognize that the goal of education has never, ever been the acquiring of power, the acquiring of stuff. Actually, classically understood, the goal of education has always been to bring people to freedom. And the institution of institutions who has most championed the importance of educating young people has always been the Catholic Church. 
And the Catholic Church has always seen education as a means to bring people to freedom. Freedom to know who they truly are as beloved children of God. Freedom to be able to recognize Jesus and his voice, to love him, to defend him, and to spend their lives following him. And so, brothers and sisters, we want to recognize through what Jesus just reminded us of in the gospel today, that we are not the master of our existence. None of us created ourselves. And he comes to us as the owner, as the master of the human race, to reveal to us who we are and for what we were made. That the purpose of my life and your life and every human person's life has never been the pursuit and acquiring of things, but rather coming to know him who is truth, who is goodness, and who is beauty. And so he invites us this day and every day as we encounter him in the Eucharist to allow his voice, the voice of truth, to penetrate our minds and our hearts, to allow the demands of his gospel that call us to a life of objective goodness to take root and to lead us into conversion, that we might become beautiful in his sight. Brothers and sisters, we pray for the grace in a special way in this Mass that our young people might know and receive the gift of an education that recognizes who they are and for what they were made. Friendship with the God who loves them. They have been invited to become tremendous witnesses in this culture. That truth is not an abstract concept that we can manipulate so we can have the life that we want. But rather the truth has a name and a face. And he comes to us every time we worship him in Mass. And so join me this weekend in a special way in praying for our Catholic schools, in praying for those who attend Catholic schools, in praying for those who lead and direct and teach our young people, that they might come to know and to recognize the truth of the person that they educate, and then that they might choose to educate in a way that honors and reverences Jesus and his gospel of life. For this you were made, happiness, blessedness, truth, goodness, and beauty. We pray for the grace to recognize him when he comes this day, that we might receive him more fully into our lives and build a culture that honors and reverences him and his gospel of life.